This is Zips Unlimited, a show about the University of Akron, its programs, its people, and its community. Zips Unlimited is produced by WZIP-FM. Hello and welcome to another episode of Zips Unlimited. My name is Chris Kepler. I am the general manager here at WZIP. You know, March is right in front of us. March is Women's History Month. And although we're not talking specifically about history, the Women's Studies program here at the University of Akron, I think, does an excellent job of bridging history, current, future. And I really think Dr. Mary Therese is, is kind of saying yes, that um, that might be an accurate description. Dr. Mary Therese, if you listen to the show regularly, is a, a voice and a name that hopefully you recognize. She is uh, not only a professor of communication here at the University of Akron, she's also director of the Women's Studies program and certainly a strong advocate because, you know, really, Mary, when we talk about some of the things that we talked about on this show, it's not just something that you bring up in March. It's not just something when you have, you know, a, an internationally recognized guest speaker on our campus. It's something you've been living and doing and talking about for decades. Am I right? Yes, absolutely. That's right. When we talk about issues surrounding gender, um, sexuality, sex, race, intersectionality, these are the issues that impact all of us, all students, uh, every single day, because we all have some sort of gender identity, sex, sexuality. We all experience these things in different ways, um, and many of us are marginalized along those lines. So it is something that we experience every day, and with the Women's Studies Program, we try to call awareness to these issues, to the historical roots of these issues, and also to progressive social change today along those lines. And you're somebody really who, who is well-known, at least in that circle, um, when you talk about looking at the roots of some of these different issues. I mean, you're a rhetorical scholar, you know, so that's really been what you have done. Um, your, your research interest has been, you know, examining artifacts and, and so forth and, you know, making people aware of where we were. And, and I, I ultimately, it's so that we don't repeat some of the things we did before, right? Yes, that's exactly right. My research and my teaching has focused on the history of women's efforts for equality from suffrage to labor to women's efforts in the civil rights movement. Um, and, and that's right. We learn so much from history, especially um, given contemporary debates about the role of history. Well, mm -hmm. absolutely, we would learn from history and historical events impact us today in really important ways. So it is important to know our past in order to be able to understand our present and form policies um, and put into place structures that help us in the future. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting when we, whether it has to do with women's issues or, or anything else, sometimes you, you look in history and we, we kind of smile and shake our head and say, can you believe that we actually did that or we followed that or we believed that or we lived that? And we're not necessarily talking about hundreds of years ago. Sometimes we're talking about just a couple of decades ago. And, you know, it's really interesting. And then sometimes some people might think it's kind of scary when things happen um, or things are said that, that make us wonder, like, are we, are we moving backward or are we still moving forward? And I guess it depends on how you define forward and backward. But, I mean, nonetheless... 
Yeah, it depends on if I'm having a glass half empty or a glass yeah. half full day. But <laughs> one uh, area I always speak to my students about, which is I think an area of optimism, is LGBTQ plus rights. And talking about, you know, not that long ago, well, me and, and my um, coming up on 57, talk to my students about what it was like for me when I was their age and what I remember about um, LGBTQ rights and voices and narratives and how far things have come since that time with just one example being the 2015 Supreme Court decision um, with regards to marriage equality. Um, But, you know, certainly there are a lot of areas in which we can look at what's happening today and think, wow, this seems really regressive and we need to double down and come together and redouble our efforts toward progressive social change. I think that... um Tell me if I'm wrong here, because I, 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 it really is a question. When we talk about you know some some of the some of your approaches to to teaching as well as the research that maybe the primary focus is women, but I think a lot of those don't some of the same concepts still apply to other groups like you mentioned, even if the you know the class or the paper or the book isn't specifically about them. Yes, absolutely. When I'm promoting the women's studies program in classrooms, one of the first questions I ask is who can be a women's studies minor or get the certificate? And the answer is anyone. We all have some sort of sexual identity. We all have a gender identity. We all have experiences based on how we view the world through a particular lens of sex, sexuality, gender, etc. We all benefit from understanding histories of struggle, oppression, Oppression and liberation because we're all going to be working um, in places that are diverse. We've got to know how to communicate across differences effectively. We're all going to live in communities um, with people that don't all look and sound and talk like us. And uh, it's so it's good for us as individuals and our families and our workplaces and our communities and for foreign policy, too, for that matter. You mentioned the word communication. Is that really where a lot of this lies? I mean, even if you don't want to um, accept different ideas, um, you don't want to accept that 2015 Supreme Court decision you mentioned. That's one thing versus the way that we have discourse about that. Right. Absolutely. We need to be able to debate and discuss um, in uh, in intelligent ways, in reasoned ways. To We all when we talk about this in argumentation, make a claim and back it with reasons mm-hmm. and do it with sound reasoning. And a part of that is also knowing how to find information that is credible, mm-hmm. and all that it falls right in line with with what our students in communication talk about. I was going to say, yeah, you've you've summarized a lot of what, yeah. what we do in the school of communication, right, which is right. great. Let's remind our listeners: this is Zips Unlimited, eighty-eight point one FM WZIP. My name is Chris Kepler. Doctor Mary Therese is here. She is a professor of communication uh, here at the University of Akron, a rhetorical s- scholar, and also the director of the Women's Studies program here at the university. Um, you know, we've been talking a lot about, I guess, what that means. Um, to to have such a thing as women's studies. And, and I know we talked about this before. Uh, maybe some people didn't catch that episode. You know, you said that this is not that anybody, anybody, everybody could benefit and should benefit. Um, is the women's studies program primarily populated by women? It is, yeah. Most of our minors and certificate seekers are women, people that identify as women on campus, yes. 
And so if you if there was some guy who you were approaching, some some young man or maybe not even a young man, um, and they say, oh, women's studies. I mean, I'm you know I'm I'm male. I identify as male. I really I have respect for women. I don't need that. Well, I, mean, I would, do they still have something to learn? Are they going to gain oh, something? Oh, absolutely, yes, because there's a whole history of gender relations to learn. There's a history. Uh, one of the classes is masculinity studies. One of the classes offered is queer studies. So if that person that identifies as a man is not cishet, um, they would have things to learn along that front. But also... Um, if this person identifies as a male, I'm assuming that that person has women in their life, mm-hmm. right? Mother, sister, um, significant other, etc., and will will no doubt be working with um, people that identify as women. So, in order to be effective in interpersonally in our families, intimate relationships, organizations, workplaces, if you're a communication studies major and you are crafting messages for a PR campaign and people in your audience identify as women, all these are reasons to know about the lives of women and girls, the history, struggles, what we're up against, and where we should go in the future. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you know, aside from from uh, classes, the, the certificate and the minor that you've mentioned, um, there are special programs that take place uh, for, for the campus and really for the surrounding community, I believe. Uh, we have a couple things coming up, in, including uh, coming up on the 28th, there's um, a, a workshop, I guess, or a, a book, bookshop and writing center, right? It's a book circle. Book it's circle. taking okay. place at a local bookshop which is a uh, fabulous if you're not aware of it it's elizabeth's bookshop and writing center it is a queer black woman owned bookstore the book circle is full which is um, okay. unfortunate for anyone that would want to join it but we're pleased that we did get um, a full registration for that the book circle centers on a book written by our keynote speaker the keynote address is one of the events that's free and open to the public it's thursday february 29th keynote address 2 to three thirty, in the student union theater and the keynote address is given by the scholar zakia luna and it is covered her book, Reproductive Rights as Human Rights, Women of Color, and the Fight for Reproductive Justice. So that's our keynote address. And prior to the keynote address, same day, Thursday, February 29th from 1130 to 1:30, we're having an activist networking luncheon. It's in the student union ballroom, C, D, and E. We've invited a number of area reproductive health organizations to um, come and to share just briefly what their organization organization does, raise awareness about reproductive health and rights in the area, and students can can learn about these organizations, learn how to get involved. There's also a free buffet lunch, free and open to the public, both of these events. (laughs) Um, You know, when you use the word um, activist or activism, there are some people who I think um, their connotation of that word is is probably very different from yours. Can Can you comment on that? Yeah, sure. So, An activist is anyone who is involved, engaged in their community for some sort of change, to advocate for some sort of change. So if you really want to go back to um, the uh, sort of the roots of activism, the original colonists who fought against um, 
control of the British monarchy mm. and wanted to separate and form a nation of their own were very much activists, right? Um, so the Boston Tea Party, that was, that was an act, um, an, activist, an activist act to call attention to what they didn't like, what they saw as taxation without representation. So activism... We should shed all negative connotations of it. If you, I tell my students, if you've ever run or walked for a cure, if you have ever tried to raise awareness about adopting pets, um, those are some very common ways that um, my students, many students on campus have been involved. Um, being involved in that doesn't necessarily make you a full-blown activist, but it means you're, that you're engaged in your mm -hmm. community on some sort of issue, whether it's raising awareness um, it's and funding for, for, can you know. for cancer yeah, or for um, the welfare of um, pets. Spanning your pets. So activism is being involved in your community, raising awareness and or seeking tangible change around some sort of issue that you view as important. Mm -hmm. I think people, um, it's, it's almost like when people talk about, you know, protests versus um, rallies and they want to throw the word riot in and, and all these other words, some of which can be a part of the most basic concept. There can be negative things associated with activism, but activism itself is what you described. Right, and, exactly. You know, one person who, who maybe takes things in a, in a direction that was unintended by the rest, um, you know, how much do we really want to allow that to define an event um, or, a, or a cause? Exactly, that's right. And what we know from our uh, media studies of coverage, mainstream media coverage of demonstrations and protests, is that the media often home in on that one act um, of violence or vandalism or what have you, and then it spirals or it goes viral, as we say these days, and comes to define the event itself when, in fact, we know that, for instance, if you take um, the racial reckoning in um, May 2020 when we saw um, the murder of George Floyd, that the vast majority of literally hundreds of protests around the globe were peaceful. Yeah. 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 And people, you're right, they do take, thanks to the media, usually <laughs> they take the one or two people who, who kind of mess things up. And, um, you know, then we attached all the negative connotations to the entire event. You know, we turn those two people in and say, oh, see, these are all troublemakers and, and so forth. And um, which kind of goes back to what you said a few minutes ago about, you know, understanding your source of information and knowing how to navigate, you know, what is actually being said and done in, in combination, I think, just with, with knowledge. I mean, for example, if you're watching or listening or reading a news report and, and you know, the, the story that's being told is basically a scenario very much like you described, you would think to yourself, okay, that was one person or that was one incident. And unfortunately, some people don't, they don't navigate it like that. And right. I guess that's, you know, that's one of the things we, we try to do in school communication, but in other uh, places throughout the university and really throughout the country, um, including organizations that are involved with various forms of activism. I, I have never heard of one that advocates any kind of violence or, or, or even vandalism or things like that. Right. So anyway. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> um, the event, again, is coming up on the 29th of February, and the public is invited. If you want to 
uh, come to the University of Akron at the Student Union. You can um, uh, meet the keynote speaker, also some, some local organizations like Dr. Therese described, and then, of course, you can listen to um, Zakia. Zakia Luna. Zakia Luna. Yes. Um, and uh, her book is, what, was, what is the title of the book? Reproductive Rights as Human Rights, Women of Color and the Fight for Reproductive Justice. The book was named by Oprah as one of the 12 books that you need to read post the Supreme Court's Roe v. Wade Smackdown. And if you uh, need more information on this, you can always go to uacron.edu slash WS. And that's where I can find information as well about the certificate, if I am interested in looking for a minor. That's right. Um, you know, or, or even just to take a class, just to try yep. it out. I that's mean, right. Okay, very good. Zips Unlimited can be heard each Saturday at noon on 88.1 WZIP-FM. Z-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A